0: are listening to the technical foul podcast for sunday may 20th 2018 i'm your host manny fresh it's a solo show today i'm solo dolo no co-host jet is on assignment uh family assignment so he won't be with us today unfortunately that light-skinned niggas never show up to work so what you expect nah man he's with family uh doing the family thing so shout out to jet man he uh, will join us next week on the show so it's just me today um Hope you guys are having a happy, safe, blessed weekend. I know I am. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the royal wedding. I got to get this out of the way first, okay? I got a lot of flack on social media for saying that, you know, if you stood up yesterday or you woke up this morning or yesterday morning, I should say, and fucking watched that wedding, you got serious issues. And I just posted it out there just as, you know, it's my opinion. Like, I just, like... And the amount of people that were so fucking upset by what I said, like, oh my god, like, yo, you would have thought like I said something fucking offensive about somebody's fucking mother's wedding or fucking your sister's wedding. Like, bro, it's a royal wedding. Two motherfuckers that you, me, and the average person will never in our lives ever meet or encounter. Like, for real? Like, we're we're upset about this? Like, if you want to watch the royal wedding, that's cool. Watch a royal wedding. Don't don't really care about what I think. It's fine. I mean, it's just like, man, what is the big deal? Like, fuck. I don't understand it. And I'm not even, like, anti-royalty or anti-the royal family. I, I, I don't care. It's just like, Bruh, like the fact that people actually woke up at five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, wherever you was at in the United States, early morning hours on a Saturday to watch a wedding with two motherfuckers that you don't even know, bruh. That's just that's bugged out to me. I what, what can I say? What can I say? It's bugged out to me, but whatever. Hey, it is what it is, man. Your TV, your TV viewing habits work for you, then hey. More power to you, man. For real. But, uh, yeah, I got, I got, uh, I've been, I've been getting assaulted on Twitter and Facebook and all areas of social media because I said the royal wedding is whack and why would you watch it and blah, 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 blah. Like, bruh, seriously, it's not that serious. Like, it's, it's, it's no different than any other wedding just with a bunch of rich, powerful motherfuckers. Like, that's it. For real. So, but whatever. Hey, shout out to Meghan Markle and, and, Prince, whatever his name is, Harry, I guess, yeah. Prince Harry or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, salute to y'all. Hope you guys have a, uh, long, lasting, lovely relationship for the rest of your lives and have wonderful children, all that good stuff, man. So yeah, that, that's it. All right. Can y'all get off my backs now? Could, you know, can y'all leave me alone? I'm not the, I'm not the, the, the evil, evil, Big bad wolf that picked on the, 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 the sanctified ho- holy matrimony of, of royalty. I'm sorry. Okay. I hope Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have a beautiful, happy existence together. Wonderful. All right. But anyway. Uh, yeah, man. So the royal wedding was yesterday and I got in trouble for saying shit about that. So I apologize who I may have offended. Not really, but, yeah. but it sounds good. So I'll apologize. But yeah, man. Uh, what's good, everybody? Uh, man, uh, did the Celtics show up last night? Like, I- I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, the Celtics did not show up last night. Like not even a little bit. I mean, and you had to expect that the Cavs were going to come out with a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of fire. I mean, they 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 just were completely outplayed in both games in Boston. Um outside of really that first quarter where LeBron basically took over, um the Celtics were I mean, the Celtics really outplayed the Cavs in this entire series. So you knew that game 3 was going to be different obviously being home. Obviously they're down 2-0. Um fighting for their playoff lives. You knew that the Celtics, you know the Cavs were going to come out ready to go, but I mean, damn, that was a fucking 30-point beatdown. I mean, there's not much to really analyze from the game. Um I don't know how much we should be surprised that it was a blowout, I guess. I mean, it it was bound to happen, I guess. I mean, this is still a young Celtics team and, you know, maybe, you know, I, I think Terry Rozier Probably brought it up perfectly in the post game that, you know, maybe the, maybe the Celtics started reading too much of their press clippings and, you know, started patting themselves too much on the back and, you know, maybe needed this ass whooping to kind of, kind of ground them a little bit or knock them back to reality or or of sorts, whatever. But, uh, yeah, they got their asses whooped. There's nothing to analyze. I will say this though. I I don't hear the, oh, LeBron. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that the narrative with LeBron always changes? It's like when they lose games constantly or when they lose games in the playoffs, it's, oh, look at LeBron. He has to do everything by himself. He has no help. Oh, poor LeBron. He has no help. Oh, my God. The fact that he has to do this, that, and the other by himself. Oh, he's got no help. He's got this. He's got that. That's the narrative. But then as soon as they win, as soon as they win, it's, oh, oh, well, LeBron is so great. Look at how how he inspired his team. Look at how they came all ready to play, to to fight for LeBron, and oh, to give LeBron some help. It's like, I don't hear the narrative that LeBron doesn't have any help when they win. It's amazing. When they lose, he he doesn't have any help. But when they win, that's, that's the greatness of LeBron. And that's what drives people fucking insane. It's like, be consistent. Be consistent. If he doesn't have any help, then he doesn't have any help. But say that all the time. When he wins, oh, amazing how that narrative just goes away, doesn't it? It's amazing how that discussion, that topic, that narrative just completely goes away. There's no, no inkling of, oh, well, LeBron doesn't have any help. No, he has plenty of help. Guys just have to play better. It's amazing. Guys just have to play better. That's the secret to it all. Kevin Love has to play better. Jeff Green has to play better. George Hill has to play better. Larry Nance has to play better. Rodney Hood, I know he's been the disappearing act. And I don't know what the fuck is going on with Rodney Hood in that whole situation, but Rodney Hood has to play better. I mean, they have quality players on that team. So this idea that LeBron is playing with the 2007 Cavs, it's bullshit. He's got quality on that team. Now, is that team as good as they've been the last two, three years? No. No. But they still have a decent team and and decent quality NBA players on that team. And I'm just tired of hearing this notion that LeBron just just basically it's basically one against it's one guy against the Celtics. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. So I'm glad that LeBron's help finally showed up last night. I'm glad. But the LeBron stands out there will tell we'll have you know that it was all LeBron. It was it's LeBron LeBron basically parted the Red Sea on his way to practice. You know, basically passed on the Holy Ghost to his entire teammates, all 12 guys on the team, and said, tonight, you guys, by the stripes of Jesus, will play well. And that's what happened. The LeBron stands will have you, will, will have you, will have you think that. But I mean, there's not much to really analyze in this, in this game, or this past game last night. I mean, you know, it's just, the Celtics just got beat down in every facet. I mean, the, the Cavs were quicker, they were faster, and I'm not sure that there's much of a surprise. I mean, the, the Celtics, I mean, the, for all intents and purposes, that was an elimination game last night. Because if the, if the Cavs lose that game, they're gonna lose this series in four. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I think they're still gonna lose this series, but they're guaranteed to lose that series if they lose last night. Can't afford to go down 3-0. Even LeBron James going down 3-0 is a tough task, even for LeBron. So now the Cavs feel good about themselves and, you know, they're able to write the ship a little bit. It's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. I think that's a big game for the Celtics. I really believe that's a big game for the Celtics. You know, you work ha- awfully hard to get a 2-0 lead. You got LeBron on the ropes. You know, you're going to have to win a road game eventually in this series to, to, to win this series. So tomorrow is a big game for the Celtics. The Cavs did what they had to do. They extended – They, you know, they got back in this series. Uh, you know, and it's weird to say because, you know, you would think the team is down 2-1, a lot of pressure is on the Cavs, but I think there's a lot of pressure on the Celtics tomorrow night. I think the Celtics have to win that game. You know, I don't think that – I'm not going to say that I don't think the Cavs have to win that game. I think that the Cavs – I think that the Cavs would like to win this game tomorrow night, but I don't think there's – it's a must win for the Cavs to win that game tomorrow night Um, because I think that, you know, they could – I, it's hard because you would think, well, if they lose tomorrow night, they're going to definitely lose in five. And I still believe that, but I don't know. I mean, I, you know, could you put it past the Cavs to play one great game in Boston and, and win game five? I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. It's doable. I mean, they, they, you know, they could have easily won game two if LeBron had played better. And yes, and, and, and can we get that out of the way too? Oh, he had a triple double in game two. That was not a great triple double. See, this is why you can't take stats into everything. This is why you can't look at stats and just look at the, the raw numbers and try to break an, base an opinion off that. Because if you look at that stat line LeBron had in game two, you would think, wow, 40 points, you know, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. You would think, man, that guy had a great game. If anyone, anyone that watched that game, can you legitimately tell me that LeBron basically dominated that game? He did not. He did nothing after the first quarter. Let's be honest. He, what He scored 25 points in the first quarter, something like that. 25 points, had like 27, 28 points at halftime. And then basically did nothing else in the, in the second half. I know he got forty, but a lot of that was just garbage time buckets and getting to the free throw line a couple of times and hitting some free throws. Like that's essentially what that was. That wasn't a big time performance. That wasn't a big time game that you remember. I, an iconic, just you know, wow, LeBron just was the best player on the court that night. Like no, it was an overrated triple double. The assist that already is overrated in the in the NBA because of the way the the three point ball is is so pertinent in the game now. I mean, I mean, I could pass it to Steph Curry and he hits a fucking 37 footer and that counts as an assist. Like oh, really? That's an assist? Really? So the assist is is a little overrated anyway in basketball, but I mean with LeBron, that's why I always say you can't stats numbers don't lie but they mislead. I really believe that. That's why you can't always look at statistics and say, oh, OK, look at this guy had, you know, 45 points and blah, 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 blah. like you have to look at the actual game. You have to watch the game and see, you know, with those buckets, you know, how those how those points came to be, how those plays came to be. You can't just base everything on the numbers and say, oh, well, LeBron had a great game and look at him. He had 40 points and and I and I look. I'm not going to sit here and kill the guy because I mean he did have 40 points, and 40 points is 40 points. But again, it, it, that wasn't a big time triple. That's an overrated triple double, and I got heat for that on Twitter too because I was like, "Yo, it's a, a triple double was overrated. He didn't do anything in the second half. He did nothing in the second half of that game. Nothing, nothing. And once the Celtics took control, you knew the game was over. But you know, I think tomorrow night is a, is an important game for the Celtics because I think that they need to quell whatever momentum the Cavs have going. I don't think if you're the Celtics, I don't think you can allow the Cavs to to leave Cleveland with some momentum. I know that they have two of the three games remaining after tomorrow night at home, but I don't think you want to play that game. That's a dangerous game. You know, the the, the Celtics, they have the better team, but the Cavs have the best player. And sometimes when the when the team has the best player, that's still an advantage. Now, it's not an it's not a major advantage, but it's an advantage. And I think if you're the cat, I think if you're the Celtics, you know what? Come down, you know, tomorrow night come out there and beat them. Don't fuck around, don't give the Cavs any any level of momentum. Cuz you know how I feel about momentum. You know how I feel about momentum. So, I think it's a big game for the I know people will disagree with me cuz they think, you know, obviously 2-1, you know, and normally I would agree. Normally I would agree. 2-1, they lose tomorrow game, is series is over, blah blah blah. But I think this is an important game for the Celtics tomorrow. I'm going to be very interested to see how the Celtics come out tomorrow. I'm going to be very, very interested. So finally, this Eastern Conference has a little bit of juice and entertainment going. Because, I mean, after last – what? When was the last game? After last Tuesday? Uh, Yeah, that that series looked a little bit of a a trouble series, man, Because it looked like the Celtics were just going to run through the Cavs in four straight. And now it's looking like it's going to be a, you know, at 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 most, it's going to be a five to six game series, maybe seven. Who knows? Maybe seven. The Cavs win tomorrow night. I, I will say this: if the Cavs win tomorrow night and go back to Boston two two, this is going to be a seven game series, without a doubt. That's the swing of tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's the most important game of the series. If the Celtics win tomorrow night, I think they beat them in five. If the Cavs win tomorrow night, I think we're playing a seven game. In this series. I really believe it. I really believe it. So we finally got some intrigue in this series. Finally. Finally. And that is going to be fucking must-see TV if this time, what? When will the seventh game be? So they play tomorrow night, game four, because it's going to be every other day from here on out. So tomorrow night is game four. That means Wednesday night is game five. Uh, They'll probably do Game 6 Friday night. Game 7 will be Sunday Memorial Day. I think. I may may be wrong. One way or another, I think Game 7 will be either Saturday, Sunday night or Monday night, Memorial Day night. And that's going to be interesting. That's going to be must-see television. If there's a seventh game in Boston, Celtics have a chance to go to the finals, finally knock off and dethrone LeBron, that is going to be fucking must-see TV. I must admit. I, I must admit that will be very intriguing, must see TV. So tomorrow is a very important game for both teams, but I think it's a more important game for the Celtics. I really believe that. I really believe it. As we speak right now, game uh game three of the Western Conference Finals is going on. Uh Rockets and uh Warriors. And you know, I don't think there's much surprise, although I will say I'm a little surprised. I did pick the Rockets to get swept. And I got shit on Twitter for that. I've just been getting a lot of shit on Twitter. Let's just put it that way. I've been getting a lot of shit on Twitter for my tweets and my opinions. Hey, that's what Twitter's for, man, to give my opinions. You may not always agree with them. You may not always like my opinions, but it is what it is. Okay? So whatever. But uh I was the same guy on this show last week that predicted that the Rockets would get swept. Um Obviously, they're not getting swept. They won game two. Um I don't know what to say about that game. I, I I don't know how to read that game. I know everybody's reading that game as, oh, the Rockets found their mojo, ba blah, ba blah, ba, blah, da da da. Uh, I will admit, I didn't like the way the Rockets, I didn't like the way the Warriors played that game. The Warriors played no defense in that game. The Warriors just looked disinterested from the game, from the start of that game. And, and, and to be honest, that game would have been worse had Durant just not had a great night. Like, Durant was just fucking unstoppable in game two. Or else that would have been a 45 point beatdown. Like, if Durant had an off shooting night, like the Rockets would have won that game by 50. That's what it felt like. Like the Warriors, just the Warriors. The one thing that would worry me if I was a Warriors fan, and I'm still not concerned overall, because I think the Warriors will still win this series. But the one thing that would concern me is that the way that just the lack of effort, the lack of energy, especially on the defensive side of the this defensive side of the ball, and how the Warriors played. I mean, they just had no. They just they just were bad bad, no effort, no energy. They kind of felt like, okay, we won our game one, we did what we were supposed to do. Let's get out of here. I it just it that's a bad look, man. That's a bad look and that's a championship team. I don't want to get I don't want to make too much of it because again, it is only one game and I think I think if you ask any Warrior fan, I think if you ask all the Warriors, they'll tell you tell you 1-1 is where we wanted to be, but I mean, I don't know. Losing a game like that in game 2, I don't know. And I'm a big believer sometimes when you got your foot on somebody's throat, You press down. You you make them motherfuckers think about it, and that's what I expected the Warriors to come out and do in Game Two. I I, you know they had the Rockets on the heels a little bit. They they had them thinking about themselves a little bit. Go out there and smash them. Make them make them make make them lose all levels of confidence. That's the one thing I will give credit to Cleveland in the last series against the Raptors. They didn't fuck around after winning that Game One. Now, granted, a lot of that series was more about the Raptors and how soft as shit they were, but. You know, the, the Cavs still did what they had to do. The Cavs still did what they had to do. And they didn't. Let, they had no let up, no let up in that series. They had a wounded prey and they attacked. And that's what I wanted to see the Warriors do. And they didn't do that. But again, not too much to worry in that series, I think. Because I think the Warriors are still in a situation where they want to be. I think if you ask every Warrior to a man, that's where they wanted to be. Um As we're talking to you right now, that game is 26 22, Warriors lead, first quarter, a minute 41 left in the first quarter. So, um, game is going on as we speak. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be very interested to see in this series. I, I still think, I still think when it's all said and done, the Warriors are the better team. And I just think that the Warriors, um, I just don't think the Rockets have any answers for Durant. I think the Warriors, Steph Curry's bound to play better. Uh, I know everybody had a field day ripping Steph Curry and, you know, how bad he was. And I'll admit he was bad in game two. He was bad in game two. I think everybody has fun at, at, at Curry's expense, ripping him. And, and, and I will admit, you know, in big games and big series, Curry has not shown up over the last couple of years. I'll be honest. He played great in the playoffs last year. He was healthy. Now, a lot of that is health. I mean, a lot of that is health. A lot of that is health. In the finals a couple of years ago, You know, he had the bad MCL. This year he has the bad MCL. In the first finals they had against Cleveland, you know, the year that Kyrie and Kevin Love were both out, he didn't play well. He got outplayed in that series. So, I mean, a lot of it is injuries, but I mean, hey, some people subscribe to that old Jimmy Connors theory. If you're injured, you don't play, and if you play, you're not injured. A lot of people subscribe to that. A lot of people, and that's a and and if you do, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I can't evaluate you if you know how. How can I evaluate you if you're hurt? You're hurt. I I can't evaluate. Well, you know, he only had 15 points in his game because he was hurt. So, had he not been hurt, he probably have 30. Like, I, I, how do I? How do you as a fan evaluate that? So it's 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 I I gotta give guys a little bit of a break. I'm I'm a little bit more sensitive to injuries than other people are. Like, if you're injured, I I can. But you're still trying. because there's a difference between hurt and being injured. I think. Steph right now is probably, he will admit he's probably a little hurt. He's probably not 100%, but he could still play. But obviously you're hampered. Not enough where you're costing your team, and I don't think Steph is hurt and not, to the point where he's costing his team. But I just think, like, the, the thing is, the, the Warriors didn't lose that game because Steph Curry didn't play well. It was a contributing factor, but the but the Warriors are not going to lose this series because the, the Warriors are going to lose this series. If they come out and play defense like that for the rest of this series, they're going to lose this series. That's why they're going to lose. It's not going to be because Steph Curry shoots, you know, 12 for 30 or whatever the fuck he did. Now, granted, Steph Curry has to play a lot better than what he played in game two, and I believe he will. I haven't looked at the boss score tonight. But I believe he will. I believe he will. I still think the Warriors have the advantage in this series. These next two games. They haven't lost a play, they haven't lost a home game basically in two years. Since it's crazy. Since Durant got there, they have not lost a home playoff game. It's insane. They haven't lost a home playoff game since Game 7, two years ago in the finals. That's 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 crazy when you think about it. That's crazy. So, I think if you're a Warriors fan, I think you have all the confidence in the world that the that the Warriors can get the job done. Um, I still think they have the advantage in this series. I don't think much has changed, even after Game 2. I will say I respect the Rockets a little bit more. The Rockets showed me something. Because the Rockets in their history have laid down in those moments. How many times have we seen the Rockets in those moments? They get punched in the mouth in Game 1. I expected them to get punched in the mouth again in Game 2. I'll be honest. But the Rockets showed me something. They came out there and played. Played hard. They played with some toughness. Their defense actually, they actually played some modicum of defense. I think their defense, you know, the 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 narrative on their defense was a little overrated, I think. Because, I mean, the Warriors still scored 100 and something points. But, you know, that being said, they played well. They played well. So the Rockets showed me something. But they haven't shown me enough where I believe they're going to win this series. They haven't shown me enough where I believe there's there's length in this series. And like I said last week, if they lose a hard-fought seven-game, even a six-game series, bounce of the ball here, bounce of the ball there, back and forth, the tide turns here, the tide turns there, I'm not going to kill the Rockets. But if they get skull-drugged in the next two games, and then they lose a game five in Houston— I will lose all respect for the Rockets. I really do. I really will. So it's going to be interesting to see these next two games for both these series. Um, I'm more interested in the Celtics-Cavs series, honestly. I really will. I really will be. Because I think that there's intrigue in that series now. Because I'm I'm going to be very interested to see the Celtics come out tomorrow. What kind of energy. And they're saying all the right things. You know, Jalen Brown saying we're ready to fight tomorrow. I'm going to be very interested. I'm gonna be very, very interested. They're saying all the right things, but I, I, I peop, most of the basketball world would disagree with me. I think this is a big game for the Celtics tomorrow. I really believe. I think if you're the Celtics, you want to get this series over quick, win tomorrow night. Don't fuck around with the Cavs. Don't make the Cavs believe. And if you're the Rockets, let me see the Rockets steal a game in Oracle. Let me see the Rockets steal a game in Oracle. I think the only thing the Rockets accomplished by winning game two is that they're guaranteed I, I'm not gonna say they're gonna they're guaranteed themselves, but I think that they've more probable than not, they've assured themselves that this is gonna be a six game series. If nothing else, they've assured themselves that at, at most this will be a six game series. But I wouldn't I I'm not gonna guarantee that. Because the Warriors are very capable of going up to Houston and winning another game. Very capable. So we'll see. We'll see. What I really wanted to get into uh, this week... Is the Robinson Cano PED suspension and all the, all these stories and everything that's been written in, um, in the ensuing days following that, um, blockbuster news. Um, as you guys know, Robinson Cano tested positive for a PED. Um, 80 game suspension was handed down. Um, seems like it was, uh, some kind of diuretic that's used as a, um, as a masking agent. Now, when you hear diuretic masking agent, obviously you start thinking like what is he masking?" Of course, Cano comes out and says, "You know, I didn't know what I was taking, you know the typical excuse, and that was my first issue with this with this whole situation. first of all, the excuse you know what when you get busted with a drug, you know what? I'm tired of the excuses, okay even if even if by some stretch you didn't know what you were taking, you should have known what you were taking. Like I'm tired of these athletes saying, "Well, I didn't know what I was taking." Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Don't blame me. Don't be mad at me. I didn't know what I was taking. What you mean? You don't know what you're taking? You're a professional athlete. Your body is a part of your 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 tool. Sports, in a lot of ways, is a cosmetic business. Your body is a part of it. So, as an athlete, you should know what you're ta- what you're what you're what you're taking. And I find it hard to believe that these athletes in 2018, in 2018, that they don't know what they're taking. Where there's team doctors, these guys have their own personal doctors. They have the advantage of seeing the greatest and most highly regarded specialists in the world, anything. And they don't know what they're taking. They don't know what they're taking. Come on. I, I, I just, it just infuriates me when I hear these excuses. Well, I didn't know. What do you want me to do? I took cocaine. What? Cocaine was in it? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was in my, cell. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was taking. What do you mean you don't know what you're taking? I'm sorry. I can't listen to that. It drives me insane when I, when I ever, whenever I hear one of these guys get popped for PED and the first excuse they give me is, well, I didn't know what I was taking. It drives me up a fucking wall. Cause don't tell me you didn't know what you were taking. And if you didn't know, you should have known. If you didn't know, you should have known. I don't want to hear that. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, excuse me, I didn't know, I didn't, know. no, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You're a professional athlete. Your body, your body, is a part of what you do, in a large, in a large segment of it, in a lot of aspects, it's a part of what you do. So, taking care of your body, knowing what you're taking. Is a part of the deal. So if you don't know what you're taking, that's a shame on you. That's your fault. But anyway, so obviously there was a lot of stories that come out in the, in the ensuing days about Cano and the testing positive, obviously. Uh, one of the stories is, does this hurt is her Hall of Fame chances. Um, you know, I think it does, obviously. Um, with everything that's going on, with the, with the with the constant... I don't even know what word to use because obviously the PED issue is still a a very big subject when you're talking about baseball and the Hall of Fame and everything like that. You guys know my stance. My thing is either you're going to let one steroid guy in, let them all in, or you don't let any of them. I can't play this well, you know. He did steroids before '98, so we're gonna let Bonds and uh, you know Bonds and and Clemens in, but we're not gonna let Paul Marrow in because, well, he did steroids, but it was after '98. But he knew, like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. If I'm a voter, I'm not sitting here trying to fucking play trigonometry or fucking calculus to try to calculate. Well, when a guy did steroids, how long did he do it? Was he a Hall of Famer before? Was it? No, I don't got time for all that. If you're going to let one steroid guy in, let them all in. If you're not going to let any of the steroid guys in, then don't let any of them in. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool with with that. With whichever route you decide to go, but pick a route. And my problem with the Hall of Fame is they want it both ways. And that's my problem. So you guys know my stance on that. So has it cost his opportunity in the Hall of Fame? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, right now he's still playing. He's still got another five years left on his deal. You know, you got to believe he's going to retire, I I, I would assume, after his deal's over. Um, And then he's going to have six years to get in. I mean, that's what? It's 11 years from now, give or take. So that's a long time to even be talking about all of it. Maybe, maybe, Maybe things change in the baseball, in the BBA, BBWA, I should say. Maybe things change, maybe their philosophies change, maybe the writers get younger, maybe their their tolerance for steroid guys in the steroid era changes and their views change and and maybe Cano gets a chance to to get in in a decade. I don't know it's it's too far along down the line to look at it. I would say if you ask me right now, would I say it cost him his Hall of fame chances? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. And Cano's the biggest name we've had to fail a steroid test in a while, really since A-Rod and, and Braun in the first biogenesis scandal. I would say these are this, this is the biggest name to get popped for steroids in a while. So that's why I think it made a lot of headlines. But the thing that really bothered me this week with the whole Cano and the steroid test and all that is the narrative that... Oh, well, the Yankees had inclination of this, that they knew something was awry here so that that's why they didn't sign it. And you've heard that shit from that idiot Joel Sherman. A lot of guys in the New York media, you know, Yankee, cause let me tell you something about the New York media. The New York media, you know, they, 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 they act like they're, they're independent and they don't, the New York media loves the Yankees. They love the Yankees. They love the Yankees. And they give the Yankees all of the benefit of the doubt. All of it. It's not as bad as how the New York Giants the New York media treats the Giants as opposed to the Jets. It's not that bad. It's not that skewed. But, you know, the Yankees do get a lot of benefit out, the doubt. And I get it. Winning twenty-eight championships will do that to you. Or 27, however many. I lose count. Winning twenty-seven world championships will do that. But I mean, sometimes it is a little sickening. Like, come on. Like First, the, sh- the first thing that bothered me, and I'll get to sh- I'll get the Tashera's comments in a second, but the first thing is this notion that the Yankees knew—that's bullshit. Okay, don't, don't no, no. Th- like when I heard that shit, I literally wanted to fucking blow a gasket. That oh well, this is why the Yankees let Cano go because they knew that there was some inklings and some some whispers that Cano may have been a, a PED guy. Bull fucking shit. And you want to know why I'm saying bull fucking shit? You want to know why I'm saying I'm calling bullshit on that? It's because, first of all, the Yankees offered him a seven-year, $190 million deal. If you were that concerned about his PD use, if you were that concerned about the worries that, you know, his link is being linked to biogenesis and his connections with A-Rod and doctors in the Dominican Republic and all this other bullshit. Why did you offer him a seven year, $190 million deal? That's Bullshit. Bullshit. It's not like the Yankees offered him a, a one year deal at the league minimum. It's not like the Yankees offered him a two year thirty million dollar deal. The Yankees offered him a seven year one hundred ninety million dollar deal. The Yankees' problem was they didn't want to go ten. They were already paying. They were already paying for A Rod and had horrible contract. They were over the luxury tax and they didn't feel like spending that much money on Cano. Paying a guy to his late 30s, maybe 40s. That's why they didn't keep him. That's why, and Cano got a fucking deal that he couldn't refuse from the Mariners, and that's why he went to Seattle. But this idea that the Yankees knew, that the Yankees were aware, and that that's why they didn't want to re-sign him, it's a bunch of bullshit. The Yankees don't get retroactive credit. I'm sorry. No, the Yankees wanted to sign him just like a lot of other teams in baseball that were willing to meet his asking price. And if the Yankees had and it had the Yankees offered him ten years, two hundred and whatever million dollars that he got, I think he got two hundred and forty million. Guess what? He'd be a Yankee today, and he would have pissed hot to you know this week as a member of the Yankees. Oh, by the way, he's not the first. But what really bothered me is this this. This hunger to go out there and give the Yankees credit. Look, I know every, I know it's, I know the Yankees are back to being everybody's flavor of the month again or flavor of the season again and the Yankees could do no wrong and every team is baseball is playing catch up to the big bad mighty Yankees. I know we're back to that narrative again, but I mean, this shit is getting out of hand now. This is, I mean, this is ridiculous now. The idea now that we're going to give retroactive credit to the Yankees, like the Yankees knew, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, you can't tell me that somebody knew that you had steroids connection, but yet we offered you seven years, 190000000 million. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. That's bullshit. So if that wasn't bad enough, and all the articles written about that and all that other shit, if that wasn't bad enough, Mark Teixeira, ex-Yankee first baseman, who, who now works for ESPN... Goes on ES, on an ESPN. I think it's a Michael K show. Goes on a Michael K show this week, and said, you know, when he's asked about Cano and testing positive, he says, "Well, I'm not really surprised. I'm not surprised. There were whispers and blah blah blah." And I'm paraphrasing. There was whispers and notions about it, so I can't say that I was really surprised, mind you. He starts the conversation by saying that he's really tight with with Robinson Cano, that he's friends with Robinson Cano, and then you do, then you per, then you proceed to throw him under the bus. Here's my issue with Mark Teixeira. Hey, Mark, where were you all these years? Where were you all these years? Mark Teixeira retired at the at, at the end of the 2016 season. Robinson Cano already had been with the Mariners for three years. What three, four years at the at that point? Three years, yeah, three years. In those three years. I never heard Mark DeSherry say anything about Robinson Cano and biogenesis and connections to PEDs and whispers and notions and any of that. Why? And he's been out of base. Okay, you want to sim- you wanna give me, oh, well, he was still a player and you want to violate the code, the code of the locker room, the code of the clubhouse, and blah 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 blah. Okay, well he's been he's been out of baseball for a year. He's been out of baseball for a whole year. Why in that whole year did I not hear any not one time? Did I hear Mark Teixeira bring up Robinson Tsikano's name in steroids? Nothing. Why? I hate it. I absolutely fucking hate it when a guy gets, and this is in all walks of life, in all aspects of entertainment. When somebody gets in trouble, everybody comes out of the woodworks to give comments, to give, you know, experiences or this, that, and the other. I just hate it. It feels like piling on. I don't like that shit. I really—it's it, something that just really fucking annoys me. I don't like it. I really don't fucking like it. You mean to tell me for four years, Mark Teixeira, he hasn't been a Yankee? He hasn't been a teammate of Robinson Cano for four years, almost five years now. And in those four and a half years, Mark Teixeira never said anything. Not even hey, you know I, you know you didn't hear it from me, but Robinson Cano you know this guy's just you know nothing, nothing. I don't want to hear from it now. That's phony. That's being a phony. See, that's trying, that's trying to pile on. That's trying to pile on. That's trying to get some attention. That's trying to be you know look at me. I can be you know I can say I can say the things that need to be say you know you know that need to be said and uh you know blah blah blah. No, that's phony. First of all. First of all, if you're gonna say that there were inclinations and there was rumors and there was that, then go ahead and if you're gonna dip your toe in the water and talk, then say what the hell you gotta say, and and give all the give all the dish, give all the stories, give what you heard, give details. Don't 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 dip a little bit your toe in and then say, well, you heard, but I'm not gonna say anything. No, we want to know it. We want to know it all. We want to know it all. Show some guts, show some fucking balls and say what, you know, say, Hey, I saw him inject himself in the locker room. Say, Hey, you know, I saw receipts or, Hey, I know that he knows this guy and this guy knows that, you know, and I know that this guy has steroids, you know, say it, say what, you know, don't just give innuendos and, you know, hearsay. And I, hey, I don't know, but you know, no, I don't want to hit that. I'm sorry. That's coming off as a phony. That's coming off as a phony. And number two, where were you this whole time? Four years, four years since Cano and Teixeira have been teammates. Five, well, five really. And in those four years, I never heard Mark Teixeira not one time say, "Hey, Cano this or Cano that or Cano this and blah blah blah." Again, he says they were friends, but I, you know, I don't know too many of your niggas that would come out there and say, you know, hey, that's my homie. But yeah, that nigga's a big time steroid dealer. I mean, I'm not surprised. That's like if that's like if I get locked up for, you know, child pornography, and one of my homies is like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. He's always been a pervert. That's not really my friend. Or at least I'm not looking at him as my friend, really. Like, so that was weird to say in the beginning, like, oh yeah, me and me and Robbie are cool, and we've been friends, and blah blah blah. Really? Cause you kind of just threw him under the bus. But that's just my big and I just hate when guys when guys get caught up or get in trouble, that's when everybody and a mama want to come out and bash the guy. No, where were you all the time? It's like with Kevin Spacey. You know remember the thing last year with the Me Too movement and 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 Kevin Spacey and, and um you know and Harvey Weinstein and all these guys in Hollywood got in trouble. That's when everybody in Hollywood all of a sudden comes out and oh well you know, uh, you know Kevin Spacey was hard to work with and he was an idiot you know he was an egomaniac and blah blah. Nah, I don't want to hear that now. I don't want to hear that now. I don't want to hear it in 2017. Why didn't you say nothing in 2013? Oh, I was in a movie with 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 uh, with Harvey Weinstein and I just I could tell that he was a pervert back in 1998. Well, why didn't you say something in 1999? But now that it's in the light, now it's it's when everybody wants to, now everybody wants to give their two cents. Now everybody wants to give their opinions and what they know and what they didn't hear. No, I don't want to hear that. That's piling on. That's That's trying to be a Johnny come lately, trying to pile on and shit. Like, nah, that shit rubs me the fucking wrong way. Don't say nothing now. Say something when it was important, when it would have made a bigger difference. And I feel the same way in sports. Don't don't when a guy gets busted or gets you know caught up cheating or whatever. Don't come out of the woodworks now and bash the guy. And I'm not a Cano fan. I don't give a fuck about Robinson Cano. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm not a Mariner fan. I got no dog in the fight. But it does feel like Polynon. I that shit really annoy me. Those rob those Mark Teixeira comments. I'm not surprised. Mark, you haven't been the guy's teammate for almost five years. In those five years, I've never heard you once. Now, all of a sudden, now, all of a sudden, Mark DeShera just has a, you know, just wants to talk, wants to just chat it the fuck up. And again, if you're going to go there, then go all the way. Don't give me little innuendos. Don't give me little nooks and crannies. No, go all in. Don't walk up to the pool and just put your toe in. Jump on in, motherfucker. Give me details. Tell me what you know. Tell me what you know. Give me the scoop dish a little. If not, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And this retroactive praise and this retroactive credit that we want to give the Yankees all of a sudden. Oh, oh, that's why the Yankees probably let him go because they knew that they. Bullshit. 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 Don't tell me that the Yankees were so smart and forward-thinking, and that they knew they knew that this was going to be an issue with with Cano. They offered him seven years, one hundred and ninety million. They were so concerned, yeah, really concerned. They offered the guy seven years, one hundred ninety million. And then after he signed with Seattle, they couldn't they couldn't wait to go throw that money at fucking Rom- at, at uh at uh Jacoby Ellsbury. Couldn't wait. Which, oh, by the way, had ended up being the right decision. Psych. You don't get retroactive credit. The fuck? No. They offered him $190 million. You want to tell me the Yankees offered him a four-year deal at you know eighty million? I, don't know. I still don't. I'm still not buying it. But I at least can can go with it a little bit. I can go with it a little bit. Not seven years, one hundred ninety million, and then tell me, well, you know, we didn't sign him because you know we knew biogenesis was going to be an issue. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. And again, Robinson Cano and to all these other athletes that get popped, I don't want to hear that you didn't know what you were taking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. I can't listen to that. I refuse to listen to that. And if you didn't know, you should know. Bottom line. You're a professional athlete. Your body is probably your most important tool. You should know what's going on with your body. I guarantee you I guarantee fucking to you if I was a professional athlete I would know every single thing I'm taking and I'm ingesting in my body every protein shake every protein bar anti-inflammatory diuretic whatever the fucking case is I'm knowing every bit of information about that drug or medicine or or whatever that I'm taking. I just hate that excuse. Not to mention, not to mention, we have a lot of great doctors in the United States and you go to the Dominican Republic, the Dominican Republic to go get said diuretic. You lose me. You lose me. First of all, you don't go to any of the professionals we know here in this country. Great doctors, by the way. But you go to the Dominican Republic. Doctors who have a long history of prescribing crazy shit. But then tell me, oh, well, you know, I didn't know what I was taking. No, sorry, Robinson. Sorry, no, no, that's not going to work for me. That's not going to work for me. You're not going to get a pass. Sorry. So yeah, that whole Robinson Cano situation really pissed me off this week. Like I couldn't believe that shit with the Yankees and Mark Teixeira. Mark Teixeira, Mark Teixeira talking big shit. Motherfucker, where was you four years ago? I don't want to hear that shit now. Oh, yeah, you're not surprised. Oh, okay, great. Glad to know, Mark. Thanks for sharing. Four years after. Why did not you tell me this in 2014? Oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to get sued. Uh, you know, I don't have any proof. I don't want to hear that. Then don't say anything. Don't say anything. But then don't say anything now. Because you're coming off like a phony right now. At least to me. I don't speak for everybody. But to me, for this guy right here, this little podcast host over here, you're coming off like a phony. Another topic this week that really pissed me off um, is the Reuben Foster situation. Um, if you guys don't know or are not aware of, Robert Reuben Foster was, uh, was facing a court hearing this week um, for an alleged domestic assault um, with his girlfriend. And come to find out, or his ex-girlfriend, I should say. Um, and come to find out the girl shows up in court this week and basically admits that, you know... She made it up. All of it was a lie. Um, she made it up that it was a um, it was a scheme to get more money out of him. Um, I think she, I believe she said they either had broken up and this was her way to get back at him, or that that was her scheme the entire. I, I I don't know all that. I I believe that was the case is what she said. Whatever. Um. But be that as it may, she made it up. So the whole thing was made up. So. There you go. And I really have a big fucking problem with this. Like, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say this, and I don't want anybody to get offended. First of all, I'm I'm in I'm I'm in full support of this whole Me Too movement, of this women's revolution. Uh, I feel like men have taken advantage of women for since the beginning of time, and anything that we can do to Make our women, our beautiful, lovely women who are the most beautiful, pure creatures ever put on this planet. Anything that we can do to make them feel safe and respected in their homes, in their daily lives, workplace, wherever, I'm all for it. But here's the thing that I have a problem with. These women can't run around making these false accusations and then face no consequence. I have a really bad problem with that. I have a really, really, really big bad problem with that. That's not right. That is not fucking right. This woman was this close to destroying. And look, I'm not, you know, Reuben Foster's no fucking saint. I get that. And he's still facing charges for weed and uh, drugs and all that. So so trust. Reuben Foster's not Muhammad Gandhi or Mahatma Gandhi. I, I get it. He's no MLK. But he, that, that chick was this close to ruining my man's life. Ruining my man's life. Surely ending his career for the foreseeable future. Maybe facing jail time. Oops, sorry. I made it up. It was just a little scheme. I lied. Jokey joke. Ha <laughs> It caught me. My bad. My bad. They didn't mean anything by it, though. Sorry. I have a huge fucking problem with that. I have a huge fucking problem with that. And where are all these me too liberals that you know that you know these motherfuckers, these these keyboard warriors that want crusade for every woman that's done wrong? Where are all these same keyboard warriors at when shit like this happens? Because this woman should be in fucking jail. I'm going to leave the judicial system out of it because we already know the U.S. justice system is a fucking joke. We get it. There's no need to even discuss that. But where's the public outcry for a woman that can go out there and basically come this close to ruining a man's career? Life. Life. Where's the outcry? Where's the anger? Where's the vitriol? Where is it? Be consistent. The same folks that want R. Kelly's tours canceled. And I'm in and I'm in full support of it. I'm in full support of it. I am on your side. But you can't have it both ways. You can't be pro-women, but then when the women fuck up and, or where, where there's these genuinely bad people, bad women, whatever, that make false accusations, that come this close to ruining a man's life and career, you guys stay silent? Ah, I have a problem with that. I have a, I have a major fucking problem with that. Because this woman should be in jail. This woman should be publicly shamed. Publicly shamed. For that shit she pulled. And it's not the first time. It's not the first time. We just recently saw this with Derrick Rose. In the Derrick Rose case. So this happens more often than not. And it angers me every time. Because it's like, oh, well, the lady lied, so. Oh, well. That's how it almost feels like. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, she lied. She made it up. Well, dodge the bullet there. On to the next one. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And all these liberals and all these keyboard warriors and these me-tours have the the balls to knock these same women that go out there and, and... Use public sympathy. Use the moment to fucking try to ruin someone's life. Go out there and knock them. These should be, these women, these Me Too women are the same women that should go out there every day whenever a case like this comes up and say, you know what? That's bullshit. That's horse shit. You know, they're taking advantage of the movement we're trying to create here and just trying to benefit off of it or glom onto it for wrong reasons. I never see that shit. I don't see any public outcry. Not from politicians, not from these social activists, these social justice warriors. nothing. It's almost like, oh, well, no. Oh, well. And that shit really fucking bothers me. Like, it just really fucking annoys me, man. This close. And that's the crazy part about this whole situation. It's it's basically one person's word against the other. Cuz there's no proof, like uh, you know. And like I've always said, what is stopping any woman from accusing me, from accusing you, from accusing the next guy, the next man, your homie, your mans, your boy, your homie, your your, your neighbor Jim, who's stopping any woman from accusing any one of these people at any given time? And it's basically my word against yours. We were in a, we were in the office and he touched my butt. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, it's her word against yours. I mean, I guess you could do a lie detector test. I guess, but it's really your word against hers or your, or your word against his because there's, I'm sure there's men that, that are using this for their advantage as well. So I don't want to just leave it all up to the ladies. I'm not, this is not a, a rant against females. But it just, it just annoys me that this shit can still happen. And there's no public outcry. There's no public anger that this woman is walking around a free person and is not in jail, not facing some kind of punishment for almost ruining someone's life. Forget career. Fuck the career. Life. And again, I know Reuben Foster is not, (laughs) you know, he's not a Jedi. He's not Mahatma Gandhi. I get it. Ruben Foster has a litany of issues. And he still faces some issues. And, and that's another can of worms. And another Pandora's box that I won't get into today. The stupidity of these athletes. But she came this close to ruining my man's life. And then could show up at court and say, hey, you know what? Hey, I made it up. Sorry. Eh. My bad. Carry on with the rest of your days That's <laughs> just a little scheme to get some money that that sorry nothing to see here and it happens in all walks of life, not just sports. Oh, I was in the military. I saw this shit happen in the military way too many times, too many times that I even love to remember more times than I can actually remember or or like to encounter and it just bothers me this close to ruining my man's career and she's walking free today no public outcry no public anger nothing no jail time no jail sentence I mean, she's probably got to pay a fine, probably, you know, she's probably, I mean, the most she's probably got to pay is court fees. That's about it. That's about it. Warriors up fifty-four forty-three at halftime. Y'all love that. Y'all love that play-by-play, by, play, by the way. That's the Spork Roskaster shit here. I'm over here ranting about fucking uh, phony-ass females and they're, and accusing athletes, and I'm sitting here bringing down fucking Warriors. Houston's missed 12 layups of dunks. Paul's got three points on one of seven shooting. Durant's got 15 points. Durant's fucking dominating the series. They have no answer for, Dur- for Kevin Durant. They literally have no answer for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant should average 40 points in this entire series, because they literally can't stop him. Yeah, man, I'm I'm done ranting and raving. I, I just I don't know. I just when I heard that and I've been keeping up with that story because though, you know, obviously when you hear domestic violence, domestic assault, and then Ruben Foster's and 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 it was it and you know, I'll be honest, it wasn't looking good for Ruben Foster because Ruben Foster, I mean, he's he's you know, that's the reason I mean he's had issues going back to the combine where he fucking you know bitched out a fucking medical person. I mean, Ruben Foster again is no angel and he has his own issues, but I just have a really bad problem. And it just rubs me the fucking wrong way when women or men, whoever, people can make these accusations of people, take it this far and there's no consequence for that. There's just no consequence. There's no public shaming, nothing. I mean, there's a little public shaming, but not nearly enough as it should be. I just have a huge problem with that. I really do. It it fucking angers me. Fouls of the week. And uh my foul of the week this week goes to Steven Jackson. You guys know Steven Jackson. He's uh you know, he works for Fox Sports One, he's on Cal and Cal Heard sometimes, Speak for Yourself. All those awful shows on Fox Sports One. But anyway, um <clears throat> Steven Jackson called out JJ J. Watt this weekend. Um JJ Watt after another senseless school shooting. I don't even want to get into it because I've flamed enough people on this show. But anyway. Um Steven Jackson, uh, criticized JJ Watt because JJ Watt came out and said that, um, he'd be, he you know, he's volunteering to pay for all the, you know, the volunteering to pay the funeral costs for all the victims in the, the seven, I believe it was 17 people that were killed. Um, 17 funerals for the, for those victims, you know, pay for all, all 17 funerals. Um, you know, he offered to pay their funeral arrangements or whatnot. Nice gesture by JJ Watt. Um, anyway, anyway, um, on Instagram, I don't know if it was in like in the photo comments or whatever, whatever. some Somehow or another, Steven Jackson responds and says, you know, basically saying, uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. Still got all that Hurricane Harvey bread, might as well. So that was his first response. That was like his first shot fired at J.J. Watt. And then uh, he later goes on to say, all that bread, PA, Texas, Port Arthur. Where he's from, I'm assuming, um, would have been fixed by now if you sent it to me. So obviously, Port Arthur, um, UGK is from Port Arthur. Port Arthur's the hood. Or I've never been to Texas, so my Texas listeners, bear with me. I mean, some of it is hood, I guess. Uh, whatever. Anyway, some areas in Houston in the Houston area have not all been fixed as much as some would like, and that. Some, you know, that, that's par for the course when you're dealing with these situations. Um, I gotta give a foul to Steven Jackson, man. You know, look, in society, we gotta praise people. The the world, we gotta praise people that are actually doing fucking good in society. The world is so fucked up right now. Like, we really gotta praise motherfuckers that are actually going out there, doing good things in the world. And actually, like, legitimately, Wanna do good things in the world. And JJ J. Watt is one of those folks. Like, the dude is a good dude. You never hear anything like wrong or bad about JJ J. Watt. The guy raised a lot of money for Houston. 37 million, I believe. 37 million. Okay, not all air. Er- I- I'm sure that if he had it his way, all that money would be distributed to everybody. Individually, he would try to fix every area to this idea that what JJ Watt is a racist or he doesn't care about impoverished communities or what all that. I mean, he probably raised the money and he probably gave it to to city and state officials and what they decided to do with that money. You know, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying Steven Jackson's stance is wrong. I'm just saying why criticize? OK, he offered to do something nice. Why knock it? Just say, you know what? Hey, salute, bro. That's that's a that's good shit. Steven Jackson's made some money in his NBA career, you know, and I'm sure he's donated. I'm not sitting here trying to come at Steven Jackson and say that he didn't donate or he hasn't done anything. He probably has. But why knock the next man for doing something good, too? Like, I, I just I don't I don't get what his point was like, OK. P.A. is still fucked up. Some other areas outside of Houston are fucked up or still haven't gotten as much help as 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 they might need. And we all know the economic. Uh, elements that play into stuff like this. Obviously, areas in the hood, inner city, urban areas are not gonna get the fastest of help as opposed to, you know, suburban communities. I mean, we, we know this already. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair. And I get what he's saying, but to not JJ Watt as JJ Watt is the culprit of this, I, I don't like that. That shit rub me the wrong way. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, JJ Watt is a good dude who's genuinely trying to help. He's doing more than the fucking our congressmen are doing, which is sad. J.J. Watt has done more for hurricane victims and fucking school shooting victims than our own United States congressmen, the elected officials that we put in those high offices. But we're going to criticize the guy. And I'm not saying he's all the way bad. You know, what I'm saying you could be upset. You could be annoyed. But I'm just saying like, OK, OK. How constructive is that to criticize J.J. Watt or to make it sound like somehow J.J. Watt pocketed this money or J.J. Watt, you know, had ulterior motives or not trying to help people in impoverished communities or urban areas? I just, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I was just like, really? This is what we're going to do now? This is what we're doing now? In this society where we just, we just have such a fucked up world with fucked up genuinely bad people and we have... A genuinely good dude that actually wants to help people, and this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Come on, man. Come on. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm not saying that Steven Jackson's wrong per se. I just, I just think the way he went about it was just wrong. Like, really, attack J.J. Watt? That's what you're doing. This is what you're doing. So my foul of the week, Steven Jackson. Stephen Jackson. I feel like I've been giving a lot of, matter of fact, fouls of the week to Mark Deshara, foul of the week to Joe Sherman, to, to 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 John Harper, New York Daily News, uh, foul of the week to Robinson Cano, foul of the week to a lot of motherfuckers this week. Another foul of the week to Tua Tag. I can never pronounce this man's fucking last name. The quarterback for Alabama, the Hawaiian kid that came in and fucking roasted Georgia. You know, he admitted in a, he admitted, um, you know, I guess he went back to um, his middle school in Hawaii to talk to some of the kids, you know, leadership and all that other shit, you know what I mean? And I guess he revealed there that, um, had he not played in the national championship game, that he would have transferred. That, um, you know, he had talked to his dad about, you know, taking a USC offer or asking about a US, USC offer that was still on the table and that he would have went back. He would have transferred to USC had he not gotten an opportunity to start. And uh, I gave him a foul in my head this week. because so, I was like, yo, hold up. First of all, you're talking to a bunch of middle schoolers and the, and the point of his, you know, to talk about never giving up and you no, know, and I wasn't there. I didn't see how the context of the Comments played out or how everything was said, but it just rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, first of all, you're talking to a bunch of middle schoolers, seventh grade, eighth graders, talking about leadership and doing the right thing. Nigga, you just admitted that you were about to quit. You literally just said, if I didn't get my way, I was going to leave. And I know he went on to say that, well, you know, had I done that, nothing, you know, I I wouldn't have been blessed enough to see how everything played out. And we all know that that's going to be one of the big stories coming in the fall and coming in the start of the college football season. You know, and, and right now you're having all the spring practices and summer practices and all that. You know, the, you know it's gonna be an open competition between Jalen Hurst and Tua. Some believe that Tua has the uh you know has a leg up, obviously because of his performance in the national championship game, a guy that's been highly touted. We shall see. But I don't know. I'm like, really? This is what you go tell the seventh graders? Like, yo, I would have quit if I didn't get my way. Like, if I didn't get the play, I would have quit. But hey, but don't you guys do that? And everything worked out for me. So see, I was almost gonna make a bad decision or be a quitter, but it didn't. So it worked out for me. Like, really? This is this is what you choose to tell the seventh graders? Like, I don't, I don't know. That just, I'm I'm in an ornery fucking mood this weekend. I don't know why, but. Between the whole abuse I've gotten for this fucking royal wedding and everything else. I've just been in an ornery mood. I feel like flaming a lot of motherfuckers today. So, yeah. That foul of the week, the Tua Tagovolovola, Tagovolovola, whatever. Whatever his fucking last name is. Foul to him, too. I don't know. It's just like, uh, to other people, it probably wouldn't have bothered them. It bothered me for some reason. Like, really? This is this is what you're going to do? Like, really? Like, you just tell a bunch of seventh graders. Like, you know. It's like, I would have quit if I didn't get my way. But... Hey, I got my way. So I didn't quit. And see, look how blessed I am now. Like, okay. <laughs> so what if Jalen Hurts had it thrown for 300 yards in that first half against, against Georgia? And like, I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan. He fucking sucks. But, you know, what if Jalen Hurts would have played well and you would have had to transfer? Would you have given, you know, would you have not been blessed? Or I, I, Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's my foul of the week. I'm done giving fouls. I'm done flaming people on this show. This is like a really negative, mad show. I didn't want that to be the case. I like my solo shows to be like, you know, happy-go-lucky experiences where I give you guys my amazing, outstanding opinions on all things sports. But apparently, you know, that wasn't the case today. But whatever, man. Anyway, man, I'm I'm going to get up out of here, man, and watch the rest of this game. Hopefully, the Warriors can continue to drub these, war, these Rockets. <laughs> I don't have money on the Warriors. I just, I don't know. I just hate the Rockets. I hate James Harden, but whatever. Anyway, uh yeah, I'm going to get up out of here, man. As always, I say this every week. I'm not going to give you all the same spiel. But, uh, you guys know how much I love y'all, how much I appreciate y'all, how much you guys, how much you guys mean to me and to my co-hosts and to all of us to do the show. Um, we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your days or days or whatever to listen to us, to subscribe to us, to follow us, to support our show. Um, I say this every week. I say this all the time. You know, I don't care how great you think your podcast is. I don't care how great and knowledgeable you think you are. If you don't have listeners, if you don't have people that support your product or your show, You know, what are you doing it for? You know, it's hard to, it's hard to be a successful podcast. It's hard to be successful at anything if people aren't consuming what you're putting out there. So for the people that are listening to this show, that support us, that like us, that, that follow us since day one, if you're just picking up this show, whatever, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. We truly appreciate you listening and supporting the show, man, for real talk, real talk. Um, as always, uh, You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, every podcast directory out there that you can find podcasts for free. We are there. Um, Follow me on Twitter at TheManuelBrown. Follow the show Twitter page at TheTFPodcast1. Follow me on Instagram at TheManuelBrown. Follow the show's Instagram page at TheTFPodcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook, The Technical File Podcast, and also become a member of the TFP Nation, our own fan group. Uh we do debates and post memes and it's it's funny shit, man. It's, it's it's a good time. Just sports fans just talking shit. So it's a it's a good time. So follow you know, if you want to be a member, just you know, you know, hit subscribe or hit follow and you know I'll approve you and you know, I'll add you to the group. So yeah, man. Um so yeah, and on Facebook, yeah. Like I said on Facebook, follow us, the Technical Foul Podcast. So as oh follow me on Snapchat Mannybro15. Follow me on Snapchat Mannybro15. So yeah man, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh we will be back next week with another episode of the Technical File podcast. We are still going through the name change. So like I said, I've been saying the last couple weeks. Um if you have any ideas for a name change, we've gotten some good ideas. I've actually been hit up with some emails, some decent ideas. I'm not sure how I feel about them yet, but I'm Definitely taking suggestions and definitely taking ideas. So if you have any ideas for the show, you can DM me on Snapchat. You can DM me on Instagram or you can email me at the show's uh, email page, which is uh, at the TF podcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, man, uh, I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, hope you guys have a happy, blessed, safe week. We will, uh, see you guys next week, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, hope you guys have a safe, happy, blessed week, man. For real, real talk. We'll be back with another episode of the podcast next week. Peace. Serious sell.